This is Our Point with Zach and Carmen. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how was your your adventure? I went on an adventure this weekend, and it was wonderful. I <laughs> uh, went to the hills late Thursday after work, and my friend's family has a cabin out in like rural, 20 minutes straight west of Hill City. Lots of unpaved dirt mm-hmm. roads. Um, mm-hmm. But... We sat in front of the fire and I didn't watch television for three days, which. Oh, my God. I, I can't tell you the last time that happened. That's like a detox and a, a cleanse that you did. So we, I, did, I, I didn't actually think about it. until. Did right you miss second. Did you miss anything from your, I don't know, um, how I met your mother or <laughs> <laughs> Fitzgerald and his Ollie's or what? Like, did you miss anything that you didn't see in the previous uh no 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 but now that i came back and started watching those shows again it is like a a renewal i remembered them so fondly from my three days without television oh good i mean technically was probably just friday and saturday because then when i got home i was like actually i didn't watch a lot of television on sunday because i had so much tiktok to catch up on that um that's that's what i ended up doing instead but we went to custer Oh. And Hill City, obviously, we got to sit in one of the igloos at Minor Brewing Company, which was lovely, just lovely. Are they and are they that great? They really are. Okay. Especially the way that Minor has them set up on their concert lawn. And so they're like a little bit elevated and they just a nice little setup. Well, that's lovely. And then we went to Deadwood, where I almost never go. You didn't even gamble in Deadwood. I can't like. We didn't. What? That's the only reason to go there. We wanted to um, look at all of the t-shirt stores. I bought some Mardi Gras beads. Do you remember that one time we were supposed to go towards Deadwood because I was going to be running a marathon? (laughs) And I think that's where it ended. (laughs) And... um, yeah, I think we the were, pandemic canceled that, right? We were sitting at a bar once, and one of us had a brilliant idea to run a marathon. And as we're talking about it, Zach pulls up his phone and just registers in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. And I was smart yeah. enough to not do that. I know I, I know myself well enough to know it was not. I didn't not just register first off there were drinks involved i said we were sitting at a bar yes i know but i mean (laughs) it doesn't it was not our first bar that day how about that sure i mean (laughs) and i am rather impulsive in general Mm, but mm -hmm. i'm gonna blame it um not on my natural traits but on the the bud light that i had then I also went and bought running shoes. Do you remember this? And went like expensive running shoes. And I went to the running stores. And didn't where... you, spe- wasn't that the time you got like ugly running shoes? So you're like, I have to wear these for running. I just can't like wear them out. Yes. I bought the most neon color running shoes because my thought process was if I just bought cool, like normal wearing running shoes, I would just use them 
as casual daily shoes, but then I wouldn't actually run in them. So it, it, it was, it was, I can't explain it. I don't know what happened. And then that's when I went to the fancy running store because I figured if I was going to run a marathon, I think it was a half marathon. I think we were doing it probably was a half that what a beautiful place to do it in like spearfish and it ends in Deadwood and you basically run downhill the whole time, right? Like, why wouldn't you want to run downhill if you're going to have to run? (laughs) You don't want to run up a hill. You don't want to run up a hill. You want to run down a hill. So I told them to the the running people and they were like, oh no, oh no. (laughs) Running downhill is harder than running uphill, which blew my mind because they said, basically when you run downhill, all of your weight, you're constantly like jamming your weight into your shins and basically you're going to die. But to make a very long story short, I did not show up at the marathon, but I did get the t-shirt. So that was the best. Zach was like, guess what I got in the mail this weekend. (laughs) It was, that was, that was a story. That, that was a, that was a good day. I remember because I I didn't register, but I was like, oh, I'm totally going to do that with you. And I, Franny was there. Yes. And that first morning, then here, first day of training, I think it was raining outside. Maybe. And and also Franny didn't feel well. And I was like, well, I can't possibly start training by myself. So I will lay in bed and read articles on running. Mm-hmm. And then that that was the first and last day of training. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good to have goals. Maybe, uh, maybe another time. Maybe another time. That's oh, the memories. <laughs> That's really funny. Did okay? Did anything else happen on your trip that you needed to expand upon? Well, so it was Snowcross, which is a big snowmobile event that happens every year in Deadwood, and. Kate and I were just like, we just need to start telling people that we went out to the hills for snowcross. Like, that's just, oh, yeah. Strapped on, hauled them out there. Someone built our faces off. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. That's it. That was my weekend. That was it. it was, well, that's it sounds, great. It sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what I did. I did things and stuff. And oh, mm-hmm. last night I went to board and brush and did a little bit of art. Um, I feel like it's better than the paint and sip ones because at least it's something that you might actually utilize as opposed to a, a weird painting, a, a weird painting that looks horrible <laughs> because almost nobody can actually paint. So anyways, <laughs> that was, that was something wild I did. Otherwise I'm just kind of boring over here. Well, it's that time of year you get to be boring. It do, is that um, time of year. You have sure. do you have a cute coffee cup today, or are we just just I was just a normal one? I was kind of running late because I was going to ask my... you if you even have those anymore. Yes, I. Th- so this is my. I have. I'm a fiesta wear person. I'm a color, which means Carmen's plates and her coffee mugs weigh four hundred pounds. <laughs> They're so heavy. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're not Corel wear. Uh, but I like the multicolored. So I have a multicolored set of eight uh, Fiesta Wear dishes. So this is my Fiesta Wear coffee mug and peacock. Oh, that's that's lovely. I know. I know so, it is. So 
I also, in my spare time of trying to find out ways that I can spend the most amount of money possible, because um, that's another fun, like, is hobby this a fish? Is this a fish update? No, it's not a fish. Well, I mean, I can give you a fish update. Well, since you brought it up, let me tell you. Um, so the fish tank is up and running, and I have so many wires and things, and I have a tablet. I have a command station, so that's cool. But my two clownfish are now in the big tank getting it ready for all the other fish, so we're making progress. That's that, it. That's the fish tank update. No leaks. That's just great. That's all we care about. Very, no, I very impressed. I continually want a new car. I always want. I want a new car, mm-hmm. and. Didn't you just get a new car? I got a new car, a newer car. Um, sure. I don't know, a year and a half ago, probably now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's great. But then Michael got a new car and his is so beautiful that now I'm like, Ugh, my <laughs> two-year-old car is ugly. I need a new, new car. And I have this constant debate about whether or not I should get an SUV or whether or not I should stick with a car because we have an SUV already. So maybe... Then for gas mileage, which I have a hybrid now, so maybe yada, yada, yada. But I really, really, really want an electric car. And now they're making SUVs that are all electric. So, And they're making a truck that is all electric. Um, Ford is. But then I feel like I got the permission structure to buy an all-electric vehicular from General Motors. So there was an article that was in CBS News by Erna Ivanana. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Okay. Erna. What a name. Irina. Uh, It's Irina. It's whatever I call it. It's whatever I pronounce it. (laughs) Irina. Irina is much prettier. (laughs) Okay. Well, she's not listening to our podcast. Let's be honest. I mean. This is the one episode that just goes (laughs) crazy and I... You know, on the record for the rest of my life, having a John Travolta moment. Um, but anyways, General Motors CEO announced that they will stop producing vehicles that run on gasoline or diesel fuel over the next 14 years, replacing their entire fleet with electric cars, SUVs, and light trucks, is what their CEO, Mary Barra, announced um, last week on Thursday. So, I thought this was pretty fantastic, obviously, because it kind of puts the arm race in the fact that this is definitely the future of where vehicles are going. There's been a lot of discussion about, like, are we for sure that it's going to be all battery power? Are they going to do hydrogen or yada, yada, yada? Or maybe we're just going to always have gas vehicles. But the fact that GM came out and was like, in the next under 15 years, we are going to have all electric cars besides um, like large, like heavy duty trucks and like commercial shipping. Those will still use diesel or whatever. I think it's because obviously they need the towing capacity and the power, which is why they need the other engines. But I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that the largest automaker in the world announced that they were going to do this, which clearly means all of the other automakers are going to be, to be following that. So now I feel Like if I was going to buy a new car again, it kind of feels dumb not to do that because the rest of the world, we're going to be all electric in the next 15 years. So now I feel like I have a permission structure to buy an incredibly expensive car with the battery. 
what, what are your thoughts? I, I love it. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting that, I mean, this was, she's really taking a gamble as far as this is the direction our company is going to go in and we're going to be incredibly innovative and we're also going to attempt to save the planet. And I also think it's super interesting that the announcement was made on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's like, like that. A- I was like, people still use that, huh? Yeah, I, I think it must be for um, all the speculators and whatnot as they figure out what's going. But I had read other articles that talked about the fact that, you know, Ford has also put in some money behind their electric vehicles and they're retrofitting. So part of the problem with the electrical vehicles in general is just the widespread charging abilities across the country, right? It, it goes back mm-hmm. to infrastructure more than anything else. But Ford is now requiring that every single Ford dealership has a charging station at the Ford dealership. So that, again, just like builds this gigantic network across the country um, of these charging stations. So, I mean, I don't know if we talked earlier on the podcast or not, but that Apple is trying to get into the electric vehicle situation Ford, So it's the way of the future. And now... I want a self-driving car. Well, I want the self-driving car more than I want an electric car, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever it takes to get there. Whatever. Like, I assume they will be hand in hand, but. Well, now I get all of these, like, Facebook things since I've been a crazy car shopper where, like, the driver's seat and the passenger seat, like, the chairs lean back and there's, like, a footrest that comes up and you can just, like relax can you imagine how great your trip to the hills would be if you could just both just like kick back and cruise it would have been better kate drives a mini cooper and it's not particularly comfortable (laughs) and i was like this is really sitting you know because last year for your birthday i slipped and fell in the shower and i hurt my tailbone And the seat was at the exact wrong angle for me. And of course, it's like a five-hour drive. And we could not figure out how to adjust. It was a manual adjust seat. And we couldn't figure out how to do it. So, yes. And I mean, anything would have been probably more comfortable in Kate's car. That's that's insane. Um, Also, they said, sorry, um, that they will spend $27 billion on the electrical vehicle market over the next four to five years. That's an insane amount of money. So anyways. Well, and we're we're not going to talk about, um, none of our articles are about GameStop and the stock market for this episode, but GM, if everyone else is you know interested in talking about it, their stock did go up 4% after the announcement. Like the Biden green agenda is a thing that's going to happen. And yeah. It's, this is it, y'all. This is it. Get on board. Get on board. Mamala is taking us to a, to a green planet. Green New Deal. Green New Deal. <clears throat> well, my article is from The Appeal. I oh. don't know what that is. Okay. By Meg O'Connor. And so this is from last week, but I'll give you the update. But so the article is Austin may use money cut from police budget to establish permanent supportive housing. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> 
last summer when we were all like defund the police, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Austin did. Austin took. They're like, okay, a lot. Um, about six point five million taken from the police department's budget. And their plan is to spend approximately 16 from the Housing and Planning Department's general obligation bonds uh, to buy two hotels that will permanently um, house. Um, So they're going to use hotels for homeless people? Yeah. Well, they're going to like essentially buy hotels and make them into apartments. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. And so what it kind of sounds like. They should have um, bought those like extended stay apartment like hotels. What a great idea, Zach. Why it is the Candlewood Suites. What? And a little place called the Texas Bundle Bungalows Hotel and Suites. That sounds like where the whores live. The Texas the, Bungalow. Texas Bungalow Hotels. Um, and so both hotels are near retail services and public transit. Okay. And they are, so of course, some people, you know, hate the homeless, don't want to see them, don't want to look at them, but like they want nice things for them, but just like not where they can see it. Yes. And some of the council members were like, can we maybe like hear more from community members? And then one member suggested they explore opening up more sanctioned campgrounds where people experiencing homelessness will continue to live outside instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, for example, so um, the update is they've already purchased the Texas Bungalows Hotel and Suites, and now they're looking at still purchasing the Candlewood. So this first vote did pass. The Texas one has 65 rooms, um, although 41 of them currently have kitchenettes, on-site laundry, and a front desk with controlled entry. And... They'll also have more office and common space and then like do a community kitchen. So the building itself will have about 60 permanent supportive housing units. And every year the city's goal is to ha- to do 100 more uh, permanent supporting housing. Um, and sometimes they wouldn't even reach that. And now they're super excited that it's January and they're just going to blast through their goal. And this funding is what previously would have went to over-policing and, and um, will now go to getting folks off the street. So we think it's super interesting. It's about 2,500 people were experiencing homelessness in Austin at the start of last year. And about 1,600 of them are unsheltered. And yeah, it's just talking about rethinking priorities instead of continuing to overinvest in policing. No, I think it's a really cool idea Although the practical side of me wonders, like, you spent $16 million on, like, what, 80 rooms total? 80 rooms? 80. Well, the 16 will be um, 60 rooms in one and 80 rooms in the other. So 140 rooms cost $16 million. And then they still have like 1400 people that are homeless i just like i get it it's a really great idea but like was that the best idea is that the best idea that we got 
Like, well, I don't, I don't really understand how the money works and, and whatever the well, appeal is didn't really spell it out for me either, but it does say that the operating costs for the two hotels are expected to be about $3.8 million annually. So maybe they have part of that 16 million is a couple years of operating budget yeah. too. I don't know. The part that I, um, because in the wake of George Floyd and everything in Minneapolis, I there was an article that we talked about. Oh God! Well, obviously last summer, they talked about these great liberal cities that just provide band aids to make their PR and their, you know, just so they look good and make the white people feel good about themselves. And while this is a great idea, obviously we had to be coming up with creative ideas to do like affordable housing and buying hotels that are already mini apartments is a brilliant idea. But like, this just feels now, cause I'm looking at the, at this through this like bandaid lens. Mm-hmm. Um, we like feel good, but we actually didn't, there's, we took care of like 2% of the homeless population. And now we're like, do, 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 wash our hands and away we go. We got you two hotels, everybody. I don't know. I just, part of me feels like for $16 million, couldn't you have built like, I don't know, a thousand tiny homes and put them somewhere? Or like, are we still getting to the root cause of why people are homeless? I mean, having a, a home or is like a huge first step in eliminating homelessness, right? So again, mm-hmm. a place that they have safety and can you know, have a place to store things and shower and eat. And when you feel good, you do good. So a home is a critical infrastructure. I just kind of, am like, okay, okay, everybody. But there's still like, you know, 1500 people that can't get into the hotel now. Right. Well, and I do, I think it's all a part of the puzzle, right? Because I then, so I had to look up like, did it pass? Did it not pass? And so I found a different article on CBS Austin. And this has a lot of quotes about people who are upset about it. Mm-hmm. And they're not particularly flattering. Uh, but they talk about how, like, they're, they have a homeless strategy officer who is going to talk through, like, how this fits into their overall strategy on what they're trying to do. So I imagine, yes, we are trying to get to the root cause of uh, yeah. homelessness, which actually <clears throat> I'm going to talk about in my next article. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah, like you said, like, you, you got to do something. Totally. And we got some we got some cash now. And the the, the CBS article says that um, it's going to be used. The hotels will be used for permanent supportive housing for individuals experiencing homelessness that are disabled. Hmm. Um, and there would be a front desk operator, security and a fence and um, to try and minimize, you know, the impact on the neighboring businesses, et cetera. So, yes, because we need to also fence off and (laughs) from the poor neighboring businesses from people that live in an apartment building next door. Um, So there's some underlying issues, but I I think, I think the thing that I would like to see at the end of this article, and this has nothing to do with the actual article. It's more of like the policy from the city of Austin is like, we're going to spend this much money every single year, right? Like we don't have a 
a billion dollars in our city's budget to immediately provide an influx of cash and like make sure everybody immediately has a home. But what I would like to see is like, this is going to be a commitment from us over the next 10 years that every year we're going to spend 16, 20 million a year on creating new housing for our homeless population. So in our 10 year plan, hopefully we will have a spot for these 2,500 people that I get, I guess that's the component that I wish all of these policies had. And so far, not, none here in Minneapolis have solved that problem as we also have people sleeping mm-hmm. in tents in the middle of winter. I mean, you see them with tarps and I mean, it's just horrific, but there seems to be no like long-term goal. And that's, that's what I want. Yes. And sleeping outside in Minnesota is much different than sleeping outside in Austin. <laughs> yes. yes. In the winter. Do you know who would have solved this in Austin? Tell me. Ann Richards. If oh. fucking George W. Bush wouldn't have ran a negative campaign against the goddess Ann Richards, Ann would have walked backwards in heels and fixed this. So I do, I, I do agree. I'm blaming this problem she, on George she Bush. She probably still... She, there's probably a plan. There like is somewhere. a plan. In, sure in, in some notebooks. We we could ask Cecile to go find it. Yes. So again, thanks a lot, George W. Bush. So with that, I'm going to go get more coffee. So the entertainment reporter is back. Mm-hmm. And I have been doing some, some research. Been watching some movies lately as we see an increase of those all of the movies coming to HBO Max and Netflix like we got a lot of of watching to do which I'm very excited although I don't want the movie theaters to go away which is why I'm thankful for Reddit for saving AMC (laughs) single-handedly but there was an article in BuzzFeed a few weeks ago titled why promising young woman's dark message is so impactful by Alessa Domin Dominguez. I have no idea. These Dominguez? Thank you, Carmen. Like, like, why isn't there a button that we can push for pronunciation? Pronunciation. Um, so I just want to, I've not watched the movie, but the, there is a spoiler message. So are you going to also reveal that? So we just need to tell the listeners there, there may be a spoiler. There's going to be spoilers in this, but at this point, I have given up on people like being upset about spoiler alerts when they wait like a month and a half until and something's been out. So like, fuck off. Don't care. And <laughs> like, if you have been too lazy to not watch this movie when it's been available for so long and now you're going to complain about spoilers, I ain't got no time for you. So I, I don't think, well, they might have complained, but I, that's why we just gave them a heads up. I know. I'm just saying that people do this and it's like, oh my God. You haven't watched Game of Thrones yet. It's been three weeks. Sorry about it. Um, and I knew that you wanted to see this movie, but you are not going to watch it, no matter how much. I, I actually I did look at it, but it I had to rent it. I didn't, so I was going to just wait yes. till it was free. Anyways, so Promising Young Woman starts out as one of those movies where, again, she is a promising medical student, and she <laughs> drops out of medical school. And goes on to like work a minimum wage job as a barista. She's living with her parents and she then goes out at night and 
pretends to be completely annihilated. And then men take her home and then, you know, basically try and have sex with her. Mm-hmm. And that's when she surprises them and is completely sober and scares the shit out of them for, again, not having consent and taking advantage of a woman um, who is drunk. And I will say the movie overall is very eye-opening. It is, it was, it was so good. Um, again, because and like this article talks about, it really takes aim at, of course, white men who think of themselves as like the good guys and that are like feminist allies as a toxin here and how also they can be not good guys, even when they think they are good guys. So there's tons of times where like, again, it's not that she said no, but she was so inebriated that you knew she wasn't going to be able to make a conscious decision. So, you know, he, like in one time he takes her home from the bar and is driving or in the Uber to her house. And then he's like, Oh, well, well, my house is like right over here. Do you like, just want to stop and like have a drink? And she's like, "Uh," like, so you, do you want to grab a drink? She's like, yeah. Yeah. And so again, it goes back to like, dude, we know what your intentions are. Why you're going to stop and like have her at her. And you know, she doesn't need another drink. Again, because the guys in these things, they they are also not like completely shit faced. They are like sober people that have other motives. So anyways, you know, those like trying it's you watch. They're trying to like kiss her and it's clear that she is not like kissing back, but they just like keep going. And it's like, um, so it talks a lot about this and also in those those moments that make you think again about consent and like, you know, sober consent. And if you are incredibly inebriated, like even if you give consent, it probably isn't consent. So message everybody. Um, But it's funny. She doesn't like stalk them or do something mean and evil to them. She literally just like sobers up and like scares the shit out of them. Like, what are you doing? You know, so I I think that was really interesting. But then it also goes on a little bit more um, to talk about white women support in these situations. Uh, Because what you, again, spoiler alert, what you find out is that her best friend in med school was clear, was raped or sexually assaulted in med school. And as a result, her best friend has committed suicide. And so she wasn't there to stop it. And then nobody believed her friend of the sexual assault actually happened, right? The perpetrators, nothing happened to their lives. The dudes go on to be doctors and everybody thinks of them as like these great guys. Um, And so she's out here trying to basically avenge her friend, right? She's out there swinging. And so it, it, at some point in the show, it clearly changes to where she's also going to go towards the people that were a part of her friend's sexual assault experience. And one of those people 
is the lovely Connie Britton, who is the dean of the med school. And so she goes up to the dean and um, the dean, of course, is like, oh, why aren't you in med school? You were so bright. You were so good. Yada, yada. And her friend goes on to say, like, do you remember? Do you remember my my friend? And she's like, oh, gosh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And she like tells a little bit about the story and she's like, oh no, I don't, I'm not remembering and yada, yada, yada. And then she says, oh, well, I looked into it when she talks about the guy, brings up the dude that did it. She goes, oh, he's such a good guy, such a good guy. And I, you know, did it was just, it was his word versus her word. And we don't want to tarnish his, his career or whatever. And it's like, but you tarnished hers by not, it was right to tarnish her. I mean, this is all things that we know, but it is so like in your face. Um, and so what happens is as a way to get back at that Dean or to like, at least wake these people up, she <laughs> goes out, Cassie goes out and finds the Dean's daughter who is in love with this rock band and is like, Oh, go to this rock band. They're going to like hang out and you can like sit on the movie set. So she goes to the Dean and she's like, Oh, yeah, I did some things and, you know, she drank a little bit, but she's with that group of guys, that rock group, and I'm sure they're taking care of her, like nothing bad's going to happen. And basically makes this Dean realize, like, well, if it was her daughter, mm. like all of a sudden the thought of her daughter being raped is mortifying and like freaks out. But because it wasn't her daughter, it was somebody else's, these white women, these white allies also stand up for the patriarchy and let these dudes off the hook. And so at the end of the story, of course, Cassie, the main character, ends up dying. She gets murdered by a dude that she that actually raped her friend at his bachelor party. She pretends to be a stripper. And the dude strangles her, like smothers her with a pillow, and she dies. So again, white guys who are good, clearly when they think that they're reputation is going to be damaged they show their true colors and it murders her um in the end they all get caught and yada 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 but it is just such a great in your face story about the quote-unquote good people and how the good people don't like they're also bad they're also enabling this culture and not not doing the right thing I don't know. It was just interesting because it. This again, is wild. Every, I'm so every, interested. Everybody thinks that, like, again, we're the good, we're the good people, but even the good people fail. And I don't know. It was well. It's it was, interesting it was really that she was murdered by the guy who sexually assaulted her friend because ultimately, violence against women. Yes, the precursor and to again more how violence. easy it is to do it was one of those things because all she was doing was like, can you just admit that you like did this to my friend? And he's like, no, I mean, like we were all just like having fun. And she's like, really, really? Hmm. And then she like threatens basically to there. Cause there's a video of it oh. um, that comes up to like show the video. And that's when he's like, you're going to ruin my career, my life. Blah, blah. Oh. And she's like, but you did that to 
Nora and you didn't care. Like Nora's life was ruined because nobody believed her and she committed suicide. And then of course, you know, he kills her. So right, right. Yeah, it's very good. So watch it. It's it's eye-opening. Crazy. Crazy. Um, also, I believe it's on Prime, right? Um, it's on anywhere. You can rent it anywhere. So Apple TV, oh. Prime, anywhere you can rent movies, Vudu, any of that. Also, um, what's her name? Casey. Um, oh, God. What's the star's name? Carrie Mulligan. There you go. She's great. She's funny. She's witty. So it's like a lighthearted, dark comedy. It's very much like a Kill Bill, dark humor type of movie. Hmm. But very, very good. That's it. Well, this is just a lot of variety today. We're all over the place. It's nice when there's someone competent in the White House, we can talk about other things. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, oh, what did Biden do? Well, he just fucking ran he's the country. He's just working. Yeah. Just working. <laughs> yeah, like nothing, nothing crazy. And he's not tweeting a lot. It's just great. Yeah. Okay, actually, I'm going to talk about Biden, but. Oh, okay. In, in so much as what Biden could do. So New York Times opinion piece, what canceling student debt would do for the racial wealth gap by Naomi Zweedy and Derek Hamilton. Uh, Zweedy and Hamilton are both professors who study intersection of economics and race in America. So they're like experts. And the reason I picked this one at like at the buzzer this morning it's because it's Black History Month. So we're going to talk about a little Black history. Mm-hmm. So the article reminds us that, uh, you know, basically Black people elected Joe Biden. Okay. Okay. And he recognizes that and is like, I'm going to have your back on this. And really has even with his first what 40 executive orders there are several that focus on racial justice Mm -hmm. and when black americans are suffering disproportionately from the covid19 pandemic and also job loss so um the authors then are saying one of the quickest ways that biden could fulfill his promise to black america without needing to wait for congress is to cancel all federal student loan debt through executive action Yes, please. And so I wasn't, I had previously read that he couldn't cancel everything, that he was only able to cancel up to $50,000 without, but this article says maybe he could actually do the whole thing. (laughs) So whatever, any, any little, any is going to help. So they do talk about, whereas $10,000 per person would be better than nothing yes it would not actually make that big of an impact Hmm. um so then they go of course uh black families earn just 80 percent of what white families with the same level of education black women earn 63 cents on every dollar paid to white men with the same degree and so black people need more credentials to obtain incomes equal to white people and then the additional education costs them more and then you have extra debt and then accruing interest. And so obviously it's a big snowball. Mm-hmm. And when we, let's see, 
so this is still this is happening there the, the, the movement is still there obviously we're just i don't know are we two weeks into the biden administration right now yeah probably two full weeks so chuck schumer and elizabeth warren okay they're on it and then the um there are four black female leaders of the house um, Presley, Omar, Adams, and Maxine Waters, who's just fucking great. Oh, Maxine, I haven't thought of her in a while. I know. She's just putting her head down, doing the work too. Um, and she's the House Financial Services Committee chair one. And so they also have introduced a companion resolution. Uh, at So the $50,000 figure would um, roughly 93% of the lowest income black households with student debt would experience total student debt relief. So Mm. um, that's why if you just did $10,000, it would still leave a majority of these households still in debt. Yes. But obviously full cancellation would provide the best outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, It would protect young black people who sought to use education as a tool for social mobility, because that's what, you know, what everybody says is like, Oh, just, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, I don't know why you can't do that. Well, there's a lot of fucking reasons why not everyone can do that. Yes. Because they always say education is the best tool to get you um, to, to pull your bootstraps up. But when it costs a lot, and when you think about minority families in general, right? Like they don't, because there has been redlining and all kinds of inequality, they don't have as much net worth or assets to, to leverage for these loans and such. Right. So if you, exhaust let's be honest most of the time for education costs what you can get as assistance through the feds is not enough to cover the entire bill so you always have to take out private loans as well right so you right you you take out as much as you can and wiping out the biden wiping out student loans does not do anything to private student loans that are held it's just all the federal loans but because these folks, again, don't have a lot of assets or maybe their parents don't have a lot of assets because so you, you need a co-signer or whatever that looks like, um, their interest rates are higher because they're deemed to be a more risky investment. They don't have a $400,000 house that they has a, have an, as an asset or a really nice car that they can leverage as an asset. Um, so again, it's disproportionately affects minority communities but i also would like the fifty thousand dollars <laughs> please well and like we talked about with the homeless article this won't this one thing won't solve the the racial income gap no but it is one thing that we can do as an action to immediately get the and ball a- rolling and it's a huge economy booster as a, you mean, again, totally. none of these folks are all of a sudden going to, I mean, maybe they're going to invest in GameStop or AMC movie theaters with all of their newfound money. But for the most part, it frees up resources for them to, again, be able to afford a house, to be able to, you know, build some net worth. And well, that's what, you know, when you're talking things. about the, uh, you know, what people pay in student loans every month which isn't necessarily even chipping away at the balance you're just paying interest every month and that is the equivalent of my mortgage payment so if you had that several you know 
six yeah. to six hundred to a thousand dollars every month that wasn't going to that, then you can buy a house. Totally. Then you can buy a car to get you to your job instead of three hours commuting on a public transportation. I mean, it would be significant. It'd be yeah. huge. Come on, and Joe Biden. Not significantly expensive for the feds to do it. If again, if they can bail out the auto industry, bail out Wall Street plenty of times. Right. Provide PPP loans to, I don't know, McDonald's Shake or whatever the fuck it is. Help me out. Right. Tax cuts for the wealthy. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Student loan debt. So Bye. we're going to keep beating this drum. Yes. Yes. Please. Because now I'm on a holding pattern where it's like, I'm not going to pay off my federal loans because I'm praying to God. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Maxine Waters, AOC. <laughs> um anybody is going to like come on come on come on you can do it you can do it little guys uh, i had this exact conversation with deb and uh cuz she still has been she's not been paying her loans but she's been putting because of the pause the covid mm-hmm. pause but she's been putting that money in a bank account so she's like i have so much money in this bank account and i'm just waiting i'm like i'm just going to wait to pay it until they tell me I have to, or hopefully, because you know she's <laughs> been a teacher for so long yeah. that she's even like, could we just give the public service people their <laughs> student loan debt? No, bitch. All of us get it. You don't get it. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, so that's, funny. that's what I got. I got I got two parting thoughts. Great, great. One is a little update on my baby fund poll. So we still have a couple days on the Facebook poll where it's available. So if you haven't went and voted, go to our point podcast on Facebook and and the poll is there so far. We're sitting at about 70% have voted. Yes, it is a a good idea to ask for a a surrogacy slash adoption fund with 30% saying no. We've had about 30 people um, or we have had 30 people vote on the Facebook poll. And I know Carmen said that there was on Twitter as well. And we're seeing some. I think all yeses on the Twitter. So I like Twitter more than Facebook at this yes. point. But there's there, only been four votes. So it is much yeah. smaller. Yeah. So, so keep But going. 100% we're pro baby fund gift option. Thank you. I, and there's one day also, left on the Twitter poll. We also received a, a text message that was a pro baby oh, fund nice. um, text message. It also happened to be from Michael, who I think. <laughs> is a little biased in his support for the pro baby fund, but I, I appreciate the engagement. And so thank you for that. Um, so there's a little update on that. And then also we had somebody who um, messaged us on Facebook, Karina Storming, who oh wants to hear more about Bear in the Blue House, but maybe we touch on that in like a beginning of the next pod or something. Yes, but- I Karina, I sorry, I saw your message over the weekend when I didn't have a lot of internet access in the hills. So yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell some more bear stories maybe on Thursday. That sounds great. That sounds All great. Right. Do you have any parting thoughts over there? I do. In addition to February being Black History Month, mm-hmm. it is also um, Heart Health Month. And the um, American Heart Association has some um, really disturbing numbers that uh, cardiovascular disease claims the lives of one in three women. 
and heart disease is the number one killer of women claiming more lives each year than all forms of cancer combined. So ladies, Mm -hmm. pay attention to your heart health. Yes. Now I want to also say that I'm giving blood this afternoon and the last couple times I've tried to give blood, I've been denied for a low hematocrit level. So my iron level. And so I've had steak four times in the last three days and I'm going to have steak again for lunch before I go. (laughs) So I'm going to worry about my heart health tomorrow. Yes. Also, Carmen refuses to take a multivitamin or an iron pill to do this. So, I mean, I like the idea that she's just like going to go straight carnivore (laughs) to get there, but. um, I just think steak is a tastier alternative. (laughs) It totally is. Steak and spinach. Steak and spinach. That's lovely. All right. Well, I I hope to get a a positive update that it was a Yes. Hopefully Thursday I'll be able to share that I managed to get blood today. Alrighty. Well, let's talk. Let's talk soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Our Point. To stay up to date and for links of the articles that we discussed in this podcast, join us on Facebook and Twitter at Our Point Podcast. If you have articles that you would like us to discuss, feel free to tag us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can also email us at ourpointpodcast at gmail.com.